All right, we're going to begin our show. That one just cut off on me <laughs> unexpectedly. All right, I was just, as we were um, listening to Ian Katz here, I just came across something here that I want to share with you. And it's basically, uh, again, uh, an article here from, um, it's called the Jewish Festivals from, it's a, weird, it's a website I've never seen before. It's called womanofnoblecharacter.com. Interesting. I'm looking at this for the first time, and it's interesting what you can learn just by scrolling the internet, I'm telling you. Anyway, the reason why I'm doing this show tonight is all because of what's happening today in the U.S. Um, We're basically, today we are celebrating a a new holiday that, that the federal government just instituted uh, this year. It's called Juneteenth. Juneteenth, and it's, I guess, will be celebrated every year, June 20th, from this point on. Now, I don't know too much of the holiday, but all I know is that from reading what I see here online, it says Juneteenth is a federal holiday in the United States commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans. Juneteenth marks the anniversary of the announcement of General Order No. 3 by Union Army General Gordon Granger on June 19, 1865, proclaiming freedom for enslaved people in Texas. Interesting. Now, you know, that's all good. I don't know. You know, I'm all for the African-American people. I mean, I know a lot of... African-American people, you know, I used to be in a black church ministering, and I'm all for what they are doing nowadays and trying to uh, establish themselves even even more so but with everything that's been happening uh, on what you see on the news. I mean, they just, it's unbelievable what they are doing to the black community, especially young black men. I mean, the police are, are just stopping people on the road and and then the let you know listen the worst thing you can do or the last thing you want to do is when they pull you over if you're an african-american individual and run get out your car and start running because when when someone does that it makes them seem right away that they're they were they are criminal or they're up to something or they just did something and they need to run maybe they have a warrant or maybe they just committed a crime or maybe not but I think what we have come across these days is a society that is so afraid of the police and any type of uh, law enforcement, whatever it may be, whatever capacity it may be, that we are living in a society that people are so, so afraid of, of police that they just feel they're going to they're gonna die. And they say, you know what, I don't trust the police. And uh, it's not a good thing because the police are there supposed to serve and protect. But, you know, it's, you know, like they say, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. And there have been instances in the past, we've seen them online, we've seen them on TV of all the police brutality with African Americans. And it happens with all races. They, I've seen white people get beat up and Hispanics get beat up and I've seen Asians get beat up. But people say, no, no, but it happens more to the blacks. And, you know, I think lately that, that may be true to, a, to an effect. So we have to continue as a people to pray for our black brothers and sisters and pray for the government 
that God would just begin to uh, intervene in a system so they could make better decisions and be a little bit more lenient and patient with people and not just jump the gun and just pull out their pistol and start shooting at people just because of race, creed, or color, or religion because it happens to the Jews as well in Israel. Uh, you see riots to no end with the Hasidim. You know, they don't, they are, they're anti-Zionists. They don't want to uh, Israel to be a state. They don't believe in that. They think that that Jews should just follow the Torah and the Torah alone. But we live in the 21st century and uh, it doesn't go like that anymore. And I don't think God is going to allow it to be that way because we can't follow, I mean, the laws of Moses anymore because uh, you'd be, a, lot of people be being, a lot of people would be being put to death if they committed the crimes that they do today. And uh, if you read the Old Testament and the Torah, you'll notice that a lot of people were put to death for various crimes, but they really didn't have a... They were just starting out. They had to put some type of order. In other words, if they didn't have no order, they would be as Sodom and Gomorrah. They would be, uh, it would be crazy. So that's the reason why uh, God instituted laws in the Torah to Moses to give the people of Israel. Had he not done that, it would have been total chaos. But again, those laws were instituted at that time. Uh, we cannot live by all those laws. I mean, the laws of God is one thing, but judicial laws and government laws, they have changed. We don't, we don't follow those type of laws anymore because we don't live in that time anymore. So the people of Israel, the Hasidim, they want the, the state of Israel to turn it over to them and they want to run the show. And it ain't happening. It's just not happening. So my point is that, you know, racism is a global thing. And we see it happening from all all over the world, you see it in the east, the west, wherever you may be, it's here, it's not going anywhere, and it's here to stay. So uh, all we can do as believers in Messiah Yeshua is pray, and that pray that God would just uh, give people wisdom and understanding and to make better decisions from what they've been doing in the past, because we have people that are making really poor decisions of what to do. Amen. So what we're going to do right now, before we get into my article, I'm going to play another song and then uh, take a little break here, a little commercial break, if you want to call that. And after this song, we're going to begin. Classic Messianic praise and worship right here on The Prophetic Encounter at Dino Thank you. 
praise the living God. That's Karen Silva, Mika Moka Adonai. And, uh, and this stuff, hold on, hold on. I got somebody here calling me on my phone. All right, let me hang up. Mika Moka Adonai from Karen Silva, right here live on Fred Encounter Radio. I am grafted in Messiah. Today, what we are doing, we are going to be sharing uh, a message basically here on Grafted the Messiah. And the message is basically called the Jewish festivals and why Christians should celebrate them. And I began this show by basically speaking about a holiday which is called Juneteenth. Now, listen, I'm not going to reiterate what I just said before. I'm not against what it stands for, but I don't agree with people making uh, holidays before biblical holidays. For example, they, people seem to put more stack or stock, like they say, in holidays that have no significance to their walk with Christ or the Messiah, Yeshua, or their Christian or Messianic walk. They put all kinds of even pagan holidays ahead of the biblical feasts, and I don't understand why even Christians do that, because they follow the Gregorian calendar, and they have no clue of what are the Jewish festivals in the Bible. But I like this article that I just came across, and I'm going to read them verbatim because it's really, really, really good. I'm going to just start by beginning by saying, as she says here, why Christians should celebrate Jewish festivals. Should they? Or shouldn't they? And she begins by saying, Autumn is approaching quickly, and with them, the fall festivals. These are sometimes looked as, at as Jewish holidays, and while they are, that does not mean Christians cannot celebrate. They are biblical feasts, festivals of the Lord, and whole meaning for the Christian as well. And then here's a biblical verse from Galatians 3.28, which says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's from the NIV. As we go a little further down, she continues to say, We are Jew and Gentile, one in Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. As such... The Jewish festivals are also for all believers and those who want to celebrate them to honor the God of Israel. There are significant reasons why Christians and Messianic Jews, Jews who believe in Yeshua, Jesus as the Messiah, should celebrate the Jewish festivals. While under no obligation to keep them, they are benefits that should not be overlooked. There are two festivals in particular that hold significant meaning for both Jew and Gentile believers, which I will go into. But first, she says, let's discuss the benefits. Number one, here are the benefits of keeping the Jewish festivals. They show us how God is working in our lives right now. The Jewish festivals point the way to Jesus and in celebrating we can see God's saving grace, his goodness and how he cares about every part of our lives 
and the sacrifice Jesus made for our sins has now given us life. We can now live out of bondage. Number two, they help us to recall the past. Each festival, God tells the people to keep as a remembrance. If we never look back to see where we came from, we miss seeing the goodness of God and all he has done. When we do not look back to the first Passover, not a full festival just to illuminate the point or illustrate the point, we don't see how Jesus became our Passover lamb and lose the meaning of Revelation 13.8 when it says, the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Number three, they point to future events. These festivals have had prophetic significance, not only in the way Jesus has fulfilled them, but in the way there are some yet to be fulfilled. And we will look at the future promises in the fall Jewish festival of Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets. Now Rosh Hashanah, it was in September, and it's coming up after the summer. The first again, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Turah, is the Feast of Trumpets and Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year or the new year. Now, January 1st is not the real new year, just in case you want to know. The real new year is Rosh Hashanah. That is when it's supposed to be the new year. But we live in the States and we follow the Gregorian calendar as Constantine, I think it was Constantine that did it and changed everything. So it is what it is. And she says, they are the same festival, but the biblical name for it is Yom Teruah. Trumpets here are not the brass instrument we might think of today, but the shofar or ram's horn. Although it is known as the new year, technically it is a new year, not the new year. In Israel, there are actually multiple new years, much like we have multiple new years here in the U.S., such as tax years fiscal years, and so on. It's also known as the anniversary of creation. For that reason, it is the new year of years, meaning it is the day the calendar advances. It is also associated with the Akedah, or the binding of Isaac, when it is when Abraham took his son Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him per the Lord's command. When the Lord stopped Abraham, he found a ram in the thicket and sacrificed it to the Lord, and the ram's horn is said to be a reminder of Abraham's obedience. This story is read in synagogues throughout the world on Rosh Hashanah. But most importantly, it is a prophetic significance. Rosh Hashanah is associated with the rapture of the church. The Bible tells us we don't know the day or hour, but it says we can know the season. The trump is sounded on Rosh Hashanah as a command to hear the shofar blown. And it is sounded according to a pattern. It is not just blown once, but it is blown a hundred times in various patterns. Some fast and some slow. And the Bible referenced the last trump. For example, in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, it says, In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, 
and we will be changed. God has used the Jewish festivals as patterns for us to follow. And Rosh Hashanah may hold a place in the return of Jesus for his church. Again, it does not mean we know the day or hour. It could be this year or it could be 10 years from now. But he tells us to watch and know the season. Rosh Hashanah traditions. Rosh Hashanah is one of the Jewish festivals that come with such lovely traditions that make it one of my favorite holidays. First, there is a tradition of Tashlik. Imani Ackerman wrote a wonderful post about this tradition that you can read more about. It, it deserves far more elaboration than I can give to here. But it is a tradition of going to a river or a body of water on Rosh Hashanah and taking a stone reflecting on your sins and God's redemption and casting that stone into water. I highly recommend reading that post and you can find it here. Here's a link that she put here. It is closely knit to the scripture in Psalms 55, 22, which says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Also in Micah 7.19, it says, You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all of our iniquities into the deep of the sea, or actually the depths. There is a tradition of baking around challah. Challah is a special braided bread that is a staple in Jewish homes, often made on Shabbat. But on Rosh Hashanah, it is braided and then made into a circle instead of a loaf to represent the full circle of the year. There is a lot of tradition around challah, and it makes a fabulous French toast. So I recommend reading more about it. Honey is also, or actually is another staple of Rosh Hashanah. It is to express excitement for a sweet new year ahead. There is so much about Rosh Hashanah to love and celebrate. You can check out my audio teaching on it. Here she has another link. Then we have Yom Kippur, the, Yom, the Day of Atonement. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur make up what is known as the 10 days of awe or Yami Noraim. These are the days of atonement and reconciliation. Yom Kippur in Judaism is the day to afflict the soul and atone for sins. It is also a time to make amends with anyone you may have sinned against or offended. It is believed that God inscribes the fate of a person in the Book of Life on Rosh Hashanah, and he wants, actually he waits until Yom Kippur to seal that book, sealing their fate for the next year. So a person would have from Rosh Hashanah to Rom Kippur to perform Teshuvah, or repentance. One of the most well-known traditions of Yom Kippur is the 25-hour fast. Christians usually observe 24 hours, and no work is to be done. Now we look at the scapegoat here, a picture of Jesus. Entering the Holy of Holies was a privilege and duty of one man, the high priest. Yom Kippur was the only day of the year that he could enter. He was to bathe likely in a mikvah and put on special robes. A bull was then sacrificed for a sin offering for himself and his family. 
The blood of the bull was then sprinkled on the mercy seat which sat upon the Ark of the Covenant. Two goats were to be brought in, one to be sacrificed for the sins of Israel. He would sprinkle its blood on the mercy seat. Which one would be sacrificed would be up to God. And that would be done by casting lots. The second goat was the Azazel, or the scapegoat. The high priest placed his hands on the goat's head. He would state out loud the sins of the people of Israel and atone for their rebellious natures, and this would, would transfer their sins from them onto the scapegoat. A man was specially selected to take the goat far into the wilderness so that there there would be no risk of it returning to the camp looking for food. The goat would be released out into the wilderness where he carried away the sins of Israel for the year. This would be done year after year. This account can be found in Leviticus chapter 16. Jesus took our sins on himself once and for all and became the Azazel, the scapegoat for us. He bore our sins and carried them outside the city onto a hill where he would bring them to a wooden cross once and for all. Never again do we have to worry about our names being in the book of life. We never have to worry each year if we have to have atone, atoned enough. Jesus became our high priest and the veil of the temple was rent in two giving us, his people, access to God. And we could sit before the mercy seat and speak with him, as it says in Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The beauty of the Jewish festivals wrapped up in the past, present, and our future. Jesus is returning for his church at the last trumpet. We will go in and sit before his throne. So, why should Day of Atonement matter for Christians? It can be a beautiful time for us to fast, rest, and focus on Jesus and the sacrifice he made for us and so that we can be written in the book of life for eternity. It is a time we can make amends with others and forgive those who have offended us, even if they have not asked for it. Jewish festivals are rich in tradition and remembrance. Christians should celebrate Jewish holidays and festivals as part of their own traditions of faith because of the prophetic significance to them. And that's the end of the article. Now, this is a reading from a woman named Diane. Uh, she doesn't list her last name, but does say this about her. Diane is a wife and mom, a Messianic Jewish believer in Yeshua, Jesus, and blog owner of Worth Beyond Rubies. She lives in uh, northern Connecticut. Well, not too far from me. And when she's not blogging, you'll find her spending time with her husband and kids working out on their mini farm. She also is an avid amateur genealogist and loves to research her family history. And then he said, you can find more teachers on Jewish festivals on the web. I have a lot of stuff, stuff here on her. If you're interested on Facebook, you can go to www.facebook.com forward slash worth beyond. That's the word worth and beyond. And on, I believe, here's her website, www.worthbeyondrubies.com. And I'm pretty sure if you go to the website, you'll find more social media platforms if you're interested in uh following her or reading more 
beautiful articles. I think that one was really, really great. I really enjoyed that one for the most part. So we're going to take a break right here, and then after this, we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right here on Grafted and Exclusive.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, we're back. Congrats for the Messiah on Airtime Pro. Uh, I was looking at a verse of scripture during the break, and I just wanted to read something here from Revelation chapter 22, and it's from the complete Jewish Bible. Now, a lot of times what I do personally to encourage myself is read scripture from Revelation. And a lot of people are afraid to read the book of Revelation because they're such they're just afraid of what it says and all the judgment that come out from the book. And people are like, oh, I don't want to read that book because that book talks about fire and judgment and brimstone and all the above. It does, but in the end, it, it shows that we win. For example, in Revelation 22, it's, even as a kid, I remember reading this and it just touched me so much, especially when it talked about heaven. And it says here, and I'm going to read it from verse 21, actually 22, verse 1 says, Next, the angel showed me, speaking John is writing this, and he's saying, Next, the angel showed me the river of water of life, sparkling like crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Between the main street and the river was the tree of life, producing 12 kinds of fruit, a different kind every month. And the leaves on the trees were for healing the nations. No longer will there be any curses. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and the servants will worship him. Verse 4, they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will no longer exist, so they will need neither light of a lamp nor light of the sun, because Adonai, God, will shine upon them, and they will reign as kings forever and ever. Isn't that amazing that you're going to be a king? Yeah, like you said, me, a king? Well, that's what the Bible says. Verse 6 says, then he said to me, these words are true and trusty. I'm sorry, trustworthy. Adonai, God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angels to show his servants the things that must happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. This is Yeshua speaking. Blessed is the person who obeys the words of the prophecy written in this book. Then I, Yohanan, the one hearing and seeing these things, when I heard and I saw him, fell down to worship at the feet of the angel, showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am only a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets and the people who obey the words of this book. Worship God. Verse 10. Then he said to me, don't seal up the words of the prophecy in this book because the time of their fulfillment is here. Oh, I'm sorry, near. Whoever keeps acting wickedly, let him go on acting wickedly. Whoever is filthy, let him go on being made filthy. Also, whoever is righteous, let him go on doing what is righteous. And whoever is holy, let him go on being made holy. Pay attention, says Yeshua. I am coming soon, and my rewards are with me to give to each person according to what he has done. I am the A and the Z, or the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. 
How blessed are those who wash their robes so that they have the right to eat from the tree of life and go through the gates into the city. Outside are the homosexuals, those involved with the occult and with drugs, the sexual moral, murderers, idol worshippers, and everyone who loves to practice falsehood. I, Yeshua, have sent my angels to give you this testimony for the messianic communities. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears say, Come. And let anyone who is thirsty, Come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life free of charge. I warn everyone hearing the words of the prophecy in this book that if anyone asks for them, God will add to him the plagues written in this book. And if anyone takes anything away from the words of this book of his prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and the holy city as described in this book. The one who is testifying to these things, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Yeshua. May the grace of the Lord Yeshua be with you all. It's a beautiful promise of what we see here, of what the Lord is saying to Yachanan, which is John. He's inviting people to come, but he's made mentions of those who are not welcome. He mentions them of being outside, not close to him. And he, lists, he gives a list of the type of people that excluded from this great promise. But those who are close to him and love him and serve him, he tells them to come. And he gives them something beautiful, something called the tree. And in the tree, there is life. And he says, anyone who hears says come. Anyone who hears say come. And let anyone who's thirsty come. And he who wishes take the water of the life free of charge. So Yeshua is saying he's making an invitation to anyone who is spiritually thirsty. Not physically thirsty, although that may be the case. But it doesn't really matter anymore once you're in heaven. You have a spiritual body. But those who are here, who have a physical body, a natural body, and he's telling them to come, whoever is spiritually thirsty. And he's saying, take this water of life. It's free of life. And it's amazing that salvation doesn't have a price. Something so, so vital, so important, it's free. But people make it impossible. I don't understand what's so difficult. Serve why make it they make it a, a, a hardship, they make it something that uh it's like so difficult when serving the Lord is probably one of the most beautiful things that you can do with your life. But people have made it difficult amongst themselves, they have excluded themselves from the promise because they think they have a better solution, and the solution is just go with the flow and adjust to what we see around us and eventually we'll figure it out but how many know that the world can't figure it out they've been trying to figure it out since the beginning of time and they when the messiah came and went they missed their opportunity but even now it's a time when people have a chance to come to him and accept them into their life but still in all we there's a negligence there's a hardening of the heart there's a a, a spirit that's blinding the people that don't want to come to him. They, there's a spirit that's a rampage, like they say, in the earth that's 
going here and to and fro. And if you look online, you look on the radio, actually look on TV and you listen on the radio, you just hear it worse and worse and worse. I mean, I was just here sitting down yesterday with my wife watching TV and I said, I don't even want to watch this anymore. Whether it be MSNBC or CNN or Fox News or whatever, or my local TV uh, station would be what, News 12. Or even the local news channels, whatever they mean to, two, four, seven, whatever. I don't even want to watch that anymore. I just want to watch the weather. <laughs> Tell me what's going to be like. Maybe the sun will be out. Maybe that's about it. It was going to rain. And that's all I, I don't know because I'm not interested in sports. I really don't have no anymore. I'm grown. I don't, I don't have no follower. Ever since like years ago, I used to follow sports. But I lost my interest in that too because every, you know, to me, it's just irrelevant. It's just to me, it becomes all about money. That's all it's about. Sports is about money. It was about money before, but now it's all about money. It's, it's, it's just all about, it doesn't matter anymore. But that's besides the point. The point is not that. The point is that what we're seeing on the news and everything else. And let me tell you something. I said this not too long ago, how bad it's going to be and how worse things will become worse and worse and worse. And the Bible makes that clear, that we will go from bad to worse. And uh, I also had said in a video I did last week that God is allowing this to occur to speed up the speed up the coming of Yeshua, so that we could hear that final trump, that final trumpet. I believe that's so to be coming even more so because we see things coming. To people that just don't have rules anymore. They don't know society doesn't follow rules. They don't want to. They just, you know, they just trying to figure it out. It's like, like in the book of Judges, everyone did what was right in their own eyes and everybody should figure it out and say, oh yeah, just adjust to this. This is what it is now, man. We're living in 2022. That's how it rolls out. You know, we have a new generation that's coming and changing so rapidly. And it's just weird how things are these days. I, I can't even figure it out. I mean, when I was growing up, it was so different. But when I look on now on, the, on, on what I see around me, the schools alone and, and the way they handle stuff with, with kids and, and, and all kinds of stuff that's going on and bombs. I mean, I never seen that before when I was growing up about people going to a school and making bomb threats and, and going there, they just going there and start shooting people and going on to plaza, shopping plaza and shooting innocent people because of they don't like that race or they don't like a person's color and they just going there just just doing it. And then with people just selling guns to, to anybody just for make a dollar, not realizing that where that gun and whose hands that gun could wind up in. They don't care. People just saying, listen, just let it go, man. You know, let's make that money. That's, that's not my problem. Yeah, it is your problem because God's going to hold you accountable because you're an accomplice to a murder. Not legally, but in heaven you are because you sold the gun when you know you shouldn't. And I know your conscience probably bothers you, and you, that was probably the, the Spirit of God speaking to your conscience and saying, don't sell that gun. But you went ahead and you sold it anyway because you're looking at the money and whatever reason you want to sell it. And then we got the people in the hospital killing babies and abortion doesn't want to stop, and people will become more and more abortionists, and you know they're pro-choice and all this stuff, and then pro-life means nothing anymore to certain people. It's all about choice. I don't care. I just read something on Reddit the other day. A 12-year-old girl uh, had just uh, was pregnant, ready to conceive at 13. Now, what can a child, <laughs> a 13-year-old girl, do with a baby except give it to her mother? 
or give it up for adoption. She could barely take care of herself. She gonna take care of a child. We have neglected as a society to even watch our own kids and let them just do as they please. So this is the world we live in. This is the reason why things are getting bad and bad and worse and worse. Because God is coming. He doesn't. He's letting it go. He's not gonna fix the world. He came to save the world because he knew the condition of the world, the condition of the world, what it was like then and what it is now. So the world will be the world until the world is no more. And I was just thinking just this the other day when the world ends and how this thing's going to go up in smoke when you read writings of Peter that everything was going to go up in smoke. And God's going to create a new heaven, a new earth, as it says in Revelation. That gives us hope. So I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where Yeshua did, as I just read in Revelation 22, he is the light, and he brings light. He is a need light. He is the light. He's the light of the world even now, but people don't want that light. They love men, love evil. They love darkness, and women too. And we're looking at all kinds of stuff. I mean, I mentioned a few of the sins that you just read. I'm not going to stop badgering people. People live their lifestyle. You got people, they just don't care. They, they say, I'm who I am. You can't tell me to be what I want, don't want to be. I was born a certain way, and I'm going to act a certain way. I'm going to be a certain way. And uh, even my, mo my mother told me it's okay. My wife just told me recently, a girl had gave a testimony that she said to her mother. She was uh, a young lady, and then eventually she turned to a gay lifestyle, lesbian lifestyle. And she told her mother, I don't care if I die and go to hell. I'm going to die this way. Nah, the Lord rebuked her. You know, the, 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 the mother did not stop praying for this girl. He prayed, she prayed for her and prayed for her every day, every hour, every minute, as much as she could. And eventually, the good news, the girl got saved. She got delivered from that lifestyle because she was in blind. She was in darkness. She was blind. The devil told her a lie, and she believed it, and she went because somebody told her something that she wanted to hear. She thought, you know, people at a certain age, they're confused when they're growing up. People are confused. I was confused when I was a kid. I was trying to find my identity. I don't know what. I was just going all over the place. I was a while running all over the place. I didn't have a father anymore. My parents broke up when I was a kid. I got divorced at 12, 13 years old. I was pretty much trying to figure it out myself. But I, I knew better. I had a praying mother, a praying grandmother, and I had, I had grown, up in the, grown up in church. So, you know, I knew better. You know, I didn't follow the Lord, serve the Lord fully until I became a little older. But still in all, I had the Spirit of the God, a Spirit of God uh, testifying and speaking to me and telling me, no, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. No, don't do that and don't go there, especially those clubs. <laughs> I used to hear God's voice in those clubs, and I always felt that conviction when I was there that I knew I wouldn't, shouldn't be there. And I would watch people in these clubs that I used to go to, and I used to say, man, I just see like something about them is just evil. The darkness is lurking, and they just lost. And I just, I had a feeling inside of me that something's not right. Even though I was there, I guess we call it peer pressure, I would go to these places with my friends and Let's go here, let's go there. You know, 17 years old, 18 years old, you know, what are you doing? You don't really know what's going on. You think you do. And I would just follow the, follow the leader. I was a leader too. You know, I, I wasn't always following the leader. There. People looked up to me and followed me. And, uh, but there was times I said, no, I cannot do this no more. I, I cannot be in these places. I don't think this is right for me. And eventually I made a decision. I made a choice and I stepped away from that. And that one thing led to another. I'm not going to talk all about my testimony, but eventually I got on the right path. And that was it, because I made a choice. I said, I'm not going to let the world dictate to me of, of what they say I should be like or what, uh, who I should be. 
I know who I am. I know what I should be. And it ends there. Amen? All right, I'm going to play one more song before we go, and uh, I'm going to let this one roll. And this is from Jamel Levar. Leave me.
Amen. Broadcasting live worldwide. All right, we're going to play one more. Go Through the Gates by Barry and Bata Segal, and I'll be back. Listen, if you're interested, you can call me at 914-233-3672 and discuss what I was discussing earlier about should Christians follow the biblical feast. And if you have an argument, don't come argue with me. Be at peace.
Alright, we're out of time on Grafton the Messiah at this time, at this point. So we want you guys to tune in tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here. Same bad time, same bad channel, as they say. Uh, we're broadcasting on this platform on Airtime Pro. And uh, give us a listen again weekdays at 6 p.m. We're no longer doing 8 p.m. until uh, maybe the fall. But right now, we're doing summer 6 p.m. And then uh, maybe in the, uh, the winter, the fall season, we'll go back to 8. Amen. So you can tune in, come back tomorrow if you're interested. Uh, come hear me again. And we'll be broadcasting live. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Share this with your friends, family, loved ones. We'll be posting it on the website if you want to share this broadcast. And if it touches you, be a blessing and share with your friends. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again. Till next time I see you, may the Lord Yeshua richly bless you. Shalom.